today. I am not sure how you guys feel about what you hear every single day on the news. I'm kind of tired, actually, to be honest. Every time I turn on the news, you know, the crime is at the peak, right? I mean, every day you're going to hear of someone being shot or someone being stabbed. Uh, now we have incredible diseases. And, and it's just, it's just, things are just happening so rapidly where, you know, uh, I, I actually feel that, you know, uh, I'm just tired. You know, I'm just kind of tired. I want Jesus to come. I'm not sure how you guys feel today. I hope you feel the same way. Uh, I was visiting uh, Brazil not long ago, maybe about, you know, five months ago, four months ago. And when I'm in Brazil, I speak Portuguese. I mix Portuguese and Spanish. When I speak in English, I speak Spanglish because I mix it up a little bit. When I speak at some churches and they ask if I need a translator, I said, I think I can get by. Right. Um, so I am just thrilled to be here this morning, praising our amazing God together. Today is a special day, and I kind of feel that I'm not properly dressed, to be honest. Actually, I called yesterday asking and see if this was actually, I knew it was a Pathfinder event this afternoon. There is going to be one, but I wasn't quite sure if actually it was going to be a Pathfinder Sabbath. If it was going to be a Pathfinder Sabbath, I will be here with my uniform. So I wasn't quite sure, but I see so many of our young people right here. Glory to God. I mean, praise God for that. As I go around to many uh, churches, uh, I see many where I don't see young people anymore. It's, it's just incredible how things are changing and are shifting. Right? Where are our young people? So glory to God that you here in Downers Grove do have a program for them. And what you're going to hear from coordinators or from anyone that is involved in ministry, we do. We do advocate that. We do everything that we can as a conference, as a church, to promote this type of program for our kids. There is, there is just one thing that I want to tell you before I start. And I want to talk to you guys about our amazing God. And you heard the story of Jesus walking on water. And, and, and one of the things that, I mean, this is one of the stories that actually I have used when I have preached in many churches, or I use just a component of, because I, I feel that I'm like Peter, very impulsive. Sometimes I don't even know if I'm asking the right questions or not. I mean, it just happens. You know, I'm in the walk with Christ. And, and you know, uh, I'm not perfect. I think there is no one that is perfect. And we all make mistakes. And we need to acknowledge that. 
I want to take you to our Bibles. And I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 35 to 41. And this is a different storm. Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. And we're going to end up on 41. And the same day, when the evening was come, he unto them, let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm and wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou that not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And they say unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is that you yet have no faith? And they fear ex exceedingly, and they say unto another one, That manner of men is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. I have a little boat. It's, it's a 17-foot boat. And I no longer put that boat at the Michigan Lake. I use right now the Fox River whenever I put the boat on water. Uh, not sure if you guys do recall back in 2010, we had a very strong winds. And in 2012, we also had very strong winds. And I remember one time I went in, and we went a little too far. We ran out of gas. It's just a small boat. It got dark. I can sit seven people legally. I had eight on it. And it was just interesting as it was getting dark how we all starting to get real scared because it started getting dark as well as windy. We had high waves. And when you think about the Lake Michigan, you know, you may think, you know, the waves are less Michigan, even if it's a windy day, maybe are, you know, five foot waves, right? The winds in Lake Michigan, when it's a windy day, they can place as far as 22, 21 foot waves. We didn't have those kind of waves at that time, but definitely it was one of those storms when we were really scared. And we start praying. And we start praying hard. Because to be honest, when you are caught up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you feel like probably it is the only thing that you have left. You ask God for help. All of a sudden we see one of the Coast Guards coming in because we couldn't even communicate 
But every so often at the Michigan the Coast Guards, because there is people just like me, they do make those mistakes. So they patrol the waters. They were able to assist us and pull us back. I also recall a storm. It was actually a tornado. And I'm not sure if any of the young adults right now were on that trip when we went to Wisconsin. I recall getting on that water in the river, paddling for a while, and then ending up in a sandbox where we were going to spend the night. And there was a tornado. We were not caught by the eye of the tornado, but definitely it was a super, super windy day. It was so scary, and there were 10 canoes. There were 20 of us. These were not the little kids. These were our teenagers and a few of the staff members. And it was just interesting to see how strong this Oh, I do recall someone was there. Rich Higby was there. I do recall Rich Higby actually was there in this trip. And I remember, actually, right now, Rich Higby, you were singing Amazing Grace. Yes, Higby was singing Amazing Grace at that time. And, and, and it got to a point, maybe it was not that trip, maybe it was the other one, but then it got to a point when we said we have to do something. So we had many things. So we actually all got to get together in two tents, hug each other, and a three-person tent, ten of us together, just to put some weight on it. That's how strong the winds were. We lost a couple canoes and so on. So there is a scary moment when you are caught in a storm. Now, in the, storms, in the storms of our lives, you know, it is just that same situation. We get caught in those storms, and just, just as the Bible said, you know, the wind, the strong winds began to blow across the lake. I'm not sure which one is or what you are facing today, but I can tell you, each of us face some type of a storm in our lives. Also, the Bible said that the water began to fill the boat so that soon the boat was almost underwater. Maybe in our lives, we also feel the same way. Iniquity, whatever it may be, the dull of a sudden will feel that we are actually drowning. And there is not much that we actually can do. The disciples... Walk Jesus, and they say to him, Teacher, it seems not to matter that we will die. I'm just thinking about our own experiences and think how many times we feel that we are drowning when we know we have Jesus. How is your faith today? Then Jesus walked and spoke to the wind and the water and said, be quiet. And he said, stop. Then the wind stopped and the water became flat again. In this story, I can only think of those experiences that we are living today. And now as it was read actually uh, in the scripture reading, I think about this other storm. 
And I, I, you know, if you recall that story, you know, that happened after Jesus fed how many people? 5,000 people, right? So Jesus was retired, and he told them, go ahead, start going, start going, and I will meet you guys later. We went up to the mountain and prayed. And then when they were in the middle of the lake, what happened? A storm happened, right? Then the winds were very strong. They were again very scared. Just like you and I get very scared when we face the storms in our lives. It was just, I, I, I'm not sure how you guys feel, but uh, just, just think of this. You are scared in the middle of a storm, and all of a sudden, let me just go back. Let me just go back in this story. I believe that the folks that were in that boat were experienced. There were four of them that at least were fishermen. So these were experienced people. They knew the waters, knew what to do. But they also had fear. But I think the fear got worse when they really got scared. You guys remember what they saw. They thought they saw what? A spirit, a ghost. Now, I'm not sure how many of you, if you are caught into a storm, if you're in a boat, and you see someone in water, you will not feel the same way. Let's just be honest. I will be very scared. No matter how my faith is, I will be because that's not normal. Now, they had been walking with Jesus, but even with all of that, they really couldn't recognize him. So in this story, he said that Jesus actually met to them and he said, what? Do not fear, right? It is me. And then when they recognized Jesus, there was that someone. There was that someone that said, hey, Jesus, can I ask you for a favor? Now that I know it's you, can I please get in the water? I'm putting this in my own words. And Jesus said, come to me. Not sure how Jesus climbed out of the boat. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how Jesus got in that water? How do you think he got in the water? Use your imagination. I am not sure how he did it. But I'm going to put it in my own words, or maybe the way I would have done it. I probably will do something like this. I will climb out of the water, and I probably will be so scared, even though if Jesus was there, that I will probably do this. See if I can really stand in the water. I will try again, now with two feet. And know, now knowing that I can actually stand in water, then I will then turn and walk towards Jesus. But look the way I'm positioning myself. 
I am trying to feed on the water, but look where my face is looking at. It's looking at Jesus. And then I will turn, continue on facing him, and I will continue on walking on water. How many of you guys have walked on water? Do you guys feel that we can walk on water? Or do you feel that it's impossible to walk on water? Is it possible? Tell me, is it possible to walk on water? I believe it is. If I will just have the right faith. Now, I'm not sure what happened. And again, I'm putting this in my own words. But Peter was walking toward Jesus. And, and what a great feeling. The closest that I have done to walk on water is definitely swimming. Or I used to surf. Probably surfing will be the, first, the closest thing that I had done, you know, and walking on water. You know, the closest thing that I can have done. And, but when he's walking, he's looking at our Savior. And as he's looking at him, it's just that great feeling that we have when we are connected with our Lord. And I believe that's how Peter felt. And I believe that's how we all feel when we are connected with our Lord. But just as Peter did, probably we all do the same. I know I have done it. That little attitude that sometimes we have. I am walking towards Jesus, and I'm connected with him. But then what happened? Peter saw the waves, and he got scared. I probably would have done, hey, look at me. I can walk on water. You know, all of a sudden get that attitude that sometimes as Christians we do get as well. When we feel we can go on a temporary vacation, right? When we know that staying connected with God is walk the walk, but then we get distracted. And in our spiritual lives, we do get distracted. Here I am, and all of a sudden, I'm just turning, or I'm just looking around, or I get distracted. And then, just at that time, then I start drowning. And that's what happened with our experiences as well. We get disconnected with our Lord and Savior, and we start drowning. Now, in this story, or the way I think maybe uh, that it happened, which I am not quite sure because the Bible really doesn't tell us exactly that, is I am not sure, unless you guys can help me and tell me what you have found, if actually Peter was totally submerged in water, or if he was halfway, or only up to his neck. I am not sure. 
And in our experiences as well, let me tell you, for those that probably feel you're a little bit disconnected with our Lord, is it doesn't matter where you are. If you are totally submerged in sin, if you are far away from God, when you feel that there is nothing else that can be done for you, and you feel that you, this connection with God is so far that you don't think that you can be saved. I am not sure if it's anyone right here that perhaps is just a little bit distracted. You know you're not doing the right things. And you know it. But you still, you still have that connection with God. But you still knowing that you're doing something wrong? No. You, you, you just had to. Or maybe the ones that, you know, uh, all of a sudden it just happened because you know that the devil is also trying to do his thing. Just as, you know, portray the story of the kids. He's also trying to win the battle. But the battle was already won at the cross. So it doesn't matter where you are. Just in the story of Peter, Peter, I mean, all he, what was, what was it that he said? What was, it, what was the only thing that he had to do? You guys remember what he asked at that time? When he was actually in water? He said what? Lord, what? Save me. That's all he had to say. And that, to me, is a lesson. Because sometimes we feel that if we, you know, just, 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 just took this little bit of time or long time away from God, there is just so much that right now we need to do. We feel that perhaps we have walked away so far from him that right now we need to go to all the Bible studies, that now we have to do just so much that like we have to earn. Now we have to earn his love. Let me tell you, all you need to do is just claim to the Lord. All you need to do is God save me. And just as he did at that time, he will rush down, he will hold your hand, and he will pull you up. I'm telling you, we have an amazing God. Don't you agree? We do have an amazing God. And as I said, I am not sure about your journey. Think about the time when Paul talked to Timothy. Remember that time when he was talking to this young man. And people felt that he was too young pretty much to do anything. And Paul told him, no. Be an example to them. Be an example. And I remember the story of this young lady. Not sure how many of you guys have heard that story. It was, this, this happened back in Chile. And the name of the lady is Daniela Garcia. 
the story says that she was, you know, resting. And, you know, it's kind of, you have that feeling someday that you just don't want to go out. Just want to stay home. That's kind of how she felt. She just wanted to stay home. All of a sudden, he get a call from her friends. Hey, we're going on a trip from point A to point B. She was actually an athlete. She was a soccer player. So they say to their friends, hey, by the way, we're missing one of our players. Why don't you come with us? But I don't feel right. I, don't, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I just want to stay home today. It's just a feeling that sometimes you have. But they were insisting. And all of a sudden, she agreed to come. She goes on the trip, pack up her bag, and it was kind of like not an overnight trip, but definitely during the late hours. And actually, during that time of the day, I don't know exactly what was happening on the other side of town, but they have to add some cards. So some of the cards they added, you know, they were all car trains. They were all ones. Where the lighting was not the best. Well, just imagine young people, you know, couple brought the guitars, they were singing, they were dancing, they were just having a great time. Two of the kids, they had the guitars, hey, why don't we go to the other car, there is some friends right there, we have the guitars, then we can play some music, and they can also have a good time, why don't you come with us? So she agreed. So as they were going from one car to the other one, the two of them made it all right. But they got into a curve, remember? Bad lighting. They got into a curve. And you know, the trains there are not like the trains right here. They got a couple of plywoods, you know, to cross from a car to a car. So in that curve, with such a bad lighting, she missed a step, and she fell into the tracks. I can only think of what can go through in a situation as such, failing into the railroad tracks. The story said that these two kids didn't even realize that she fell, but some people were watching as they were going from car to car and they say, your friend had failed. What? So they started screaming and crying going to the conductor and said, can you please stop? Can you please stop? But they didn't. The story said that she was between the tracks, but she was conscious. She felt something in her face, and she tried to reach her face, at that time, she realized that her hand is gone. The panic started right there. Just imagine the emotions that can go during that horrific accident. Then she tried to reach her face with her other hand. And she realized that her hand and half of her arm is also gone. She looks down. Her 
tu lekse dan pitere. It is an awful story. But there is just so much beauty in that story as well. Just as she's struggling, just as she's struggling at that moment, knowing that there was going to be another train coming because there was a lot of traffic in those railroad tracks, there was a lot of traffic between those cities, she find a way to pull herself with whatever was remaining of her body to go across one of the tracks. And she just couldn't stand the pain, nor couldn't move anymore. So at that time, you know it was just a matter of time till she died. And she felt that way. But all of a sudden, within a matter of seconds, a minute, she hears a voice. And she started crying and she started screaming with everything that she could scream at that time. And it was one of the locals, one of those farmers. And after he sees her laying right there, he started panicking as well. He told her, You will be okay. Hold on. I need to make a phone call. He goes, make his phone call, and all of a sudden the paramedics arrive, and she's still alive. While the paramedics are looking at her, while the paramedics are, are just imagine, it doesn't matter your skills, you know. What do you do with a person like that? Where do you start? Where do you start assessing? And then as they are doing all of that assessment and trying to do what they can for her, they hear the other train. They want to save their own lives. So they walk away. It wasn't a curve short distance, remember? So it's nothing that you can plan. So she is there, and at that time she said, this is it. The story said that she felt the wind, the horrific wind of the train, as the train was passing. It was awful. Paramedics were able to take her to the hospital. She remained in that hospital for a month. But as she was taken to the hospital, as she was taken to have that first surgery, that immediate surgery that she needed to have done, there was a young doctor and she can recall to today what he said to her. Just as the other young person told her, he said, you will be okay. And he smiled. You will be all right. God is good. Oh, man. That's all she needed to hear in those moments when she knew that perhaps she was going to die. It's just one of those situations. She had lost a lot of blood. What she did hold on to that. The story said that then she was taken actually to here in the U.S. to the Mass Rehabilitation Center in, in, in Pennsylvania. And then she went through the whole therapy. And then one of the doctors said, and told her, you know, you never are going to be the same, and I hope you do realize that. 
you're never going to be the same. And you can do a couple things. You can hide and be miserable for all your life. Or you can cope with what you have. So she went through the surgery. She went through additional rehab sessions. She got the artificial limbs. Then the story said that she even rides a bicycle right now. She wrote a book. She became a doctor. And she's a testimony of the mercy of God. I'm telling you, my friends, I don't think there is nothing that we need to fear when we claim our Lord. And just as, you know, at that time, Paul told to Timothy, just be an example. She was an example to us. We are an example to others. We are an open book. Paul told them, just, 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 just think of what you say, just think of what you do, how you love people, how you love God, and how you do only the right thing. And we have to always remember that. In our walk with the Lord, it doesn't matter where we are right now, just as we're starting a new chapter, because if we're starting a new chapter today, because you realize you have walked away from God and you already have claimed individually right where you are, Lord, save me. You know he has done that already. Now when you continue and walk it, or in you walk with God, always think about what you say because we're an open book. Say the wrong things because we can influence others to the foot of the cross. Think about what we do. It is extremely important because many people, many people look at us and they see something different. I am sure many of you have been asked, are you a Christian? Are you? Many people have asked you probably that. Why you are so different? Why you don't eat this or you don't eat that? What do you pray when you are in a restaurant? You just take the time. Intentionally or not, other people are watching. And they see something different. So it is extremely important that we think of that. Because if we do wrong, if we do wrong, other people will see that as well. How do you love people? That's extremely important, and we need to. We need to love our neighbors just the way love, just the way Jesus loves you. There is times in our lives that we are a testimony, and there is times in our life when we probably are the only Christ that anyone else will see. And it is because of we that they get to know Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is just the reality of life. It's just what happens every single day. People are getting to the foot of the cross because you, you, and you, and you don't even realize that. It is the Holy Spirit doing his work. And we got to say amen to that. These salespeople are rushing to go back home. They can wait. Their sales convention is over, and they don't want to miss their flight. 
So they are running already on the airport in this remote town where there is a stand along the way. There is a stand with fruits. There is a stand with souvenirs. There is a stand with clothes. But as they are running without realizing that one of them next one of the trays. That tray had a lot of fruit, like bananas and apples and so on. They continue walking. They care less. It was down. Just as they are running, getting into the gate, out of the five of them, one said, I, I, I just don't think I can go in the airplane. I need to go back. So he goes back, and he realizes at the time that the apples and the bananas were everywhere. But he also realizes one thing. The girl that was selling the bananas and the apple was a blind girl. And she sees her crawling, trying to find her bananas and her apple, crying, frustrated, trying to fill them while many people are laughing, trying to bring them back in her tray. He goes down on his knees without saying a word. He starts grabbing the banana, and all of a sudden, she feels his hand. And he said, let me help you. I was the one making your bananas and apples. And then he realizes that some of them are not looking that good anymore because they fell on the floor. So he told her, I'm going to buy them all. He didn't take him. He just said, I'm going to buy them all. He gave her the money, and he started walking away. And as he is walking away, this young lady said, Sir, sir, please hold on. Are you Jesus? Oh, think of that. Are you Jesus? Oh, I'm telling you, you just, I mean, how, how, God, we, God has given us so much that we can impress others. Just with what? The little things that we do. It's just amazing the way the Lord wants to use you, want to use me, want to use our young people. Praise to God for that. Praise to God. And just to finish up, again I'm thinking about the story of Peter. And I'm thinking about how many of us are like Peter. A person that said, I will die for you. And he denied him three times. But you see that love of the merciful God looking at him. Oh, man, I have plans for you, Peter. I have plans for you. And I'm telling you, Jesus has plans for you and I. And I want to leave you with that. I want you to really think about your experience. One, I have taken you to a point where I want you to realize that if you are away from God, all you need to do is ask for his love and he will love you again. It's not that he has stopped loving you. Let me just correct myself. That connectivity with him can be reinstated only if you, if you come to him. 
The other thing that I have taken you to is your own experience in your journey, the influence that we can have to others, and how we are an open book, and how through our experiences we can take others to the foot of the cross. Thank you so much for allowing me the time to be with you. God bless you.